Welcome to Sparkler Podcast number 20. Uh, I'm Leanne Centaur, Managing Editor and Head of Prose. I'm here today with... I'm Lillian diaz Prisbel, the Head of Comics. We are joined today, we're very excited to be joined by Eureka, the creator of Magical How, who I'm going to have um, introduce herself. Eureka, say hi to all your fans. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Joining us all the way from Singapore, right? Yep. It's 8.55 p.m. (laughs) We just dragged ourselves out of bed. Like, we have to call Singapore right now. It's like the only time that there's, it's kind of reasonable because usually... It's an exactly 12-hour time difference. Yeah. From here, because Lillian is on the East Coast right now. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, she'd be on the West Coast and it's a 15-hour time difference, which is almost impossible to breach. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I'll be getting on Skype for a chat with somebody else at the crack of dawn and Yuriko will be like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, (laughs) oh. I just wanted to see how you guys are doing. Yeah, no, it's so sweet. I get these little pop-up menus in the the corner of my my computer screen as I'm either staying up late or, you know, getting up early. Mm. So, and then I want to stay and chat, but I'm like, oh, must either sleep or work. (laughs) So, or both. I think you might be actually our furthest, uh, rather farthest uh, creator, Eureka, being in Singapore. Uh, We have... Jessica Chavez, well, she was in Australia for a while, mm-hmm. which I think is a similar time zone. It's about 12 hours. And, you know, like, Kosin is in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heldred is in Mexico. Um, but Singapore, I think you might be the, the greatest geographical difference yep. to be on Sparkler's payroll. <laughs> yeah, Very far. Like, it's literally on the other side of the world. What more yeah. can you say? <laughs> yeah. Have you always lived in Singapore? Like, were you born and raised there? Uh, well, I wasn't born here. I mean, I was born in Indonesia. But then when I was two years old, my family moved to Singapore. Okay. I think I was born in the mountains or something. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, you have a mysterious origin story? <laughs> I, I do. It's so weird. And my dad, he was like, I don't know. Like, all I know is that you were born in some rural town that didn't have a proper hospital. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. So, like, you might secretly be a princess. <laughs> yeah. Mountain yeah, princess. Yeah, but it doesn't even... It doesn't even help that my grandfather in his village, he was, well, my grandfather on my dad's side, he was like the king there. Cool. Because <laughs> uh, my family back then, like, well, before I was even properly, like, you know, like, raised there, my grandfather, I think he exported and imported Robert. I'm not sure what uh-huh. his job description was, but mm-hmm. our family was quite wealthy on my dad's side. And uh, I, I always hear stories that my grandfather was like always treating everyone really nicely, like, you know, like the chief of a village or something. I don't Taking know. Taking care of man. everybody. Yeah. And, and then my dad, he hated being treated so fabulously by everyone. <laughs> wow. Because they would give him, they would just randomly give him free stuff. He walks into a store, they would give him free stuff stuff like oh do you want the drink here you can have it for free your dad helped me a lot and then he's like i don't want to be given free stuff i want to pay it wow <laughs> i want to make my own way in the world be my own man wow <laughs> this is like i think i've read like eight manga with almost that exact premise <laughs> that's amazing yeah but uh, that's all i can remember at least uh, or what my dad says for all you know he could be lying just to make me feel better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You could have had a very normal upbringing. You don't. You don't know. Add the the aura of mystery. So you're a you're a training animator, right? Yes and no, kind of. But studying in animation, yeah. 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I know that we have a lot of people who read Sparkle and listen to this who are either actual animators right now or they're sort of like interested in it. Aspiring animators, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know where to start, to be honest. Um, <laughs> when did your interest in it start? Oh, it started when I was very, very young, I think. It actually started off with games, you know? Mm-hmm. I would sit on my dad's lap and watch him play Tomb Raider or Diablo. <laughs> That's oh, right. so cute. Because you're, you're super and young. And I think... I think at one point I also I also remember him playing Wolfenstein. So uh-huh. oh. I was in my diaper still. <laughs> <laughs> You're a are you 21? Uh, yeah, but in September I'm turning 22. Oh. 22. Okay. God, you were just you were a youth for sure. <laughs> That's great. You're you're um I mean besides the fact that your art is really great, your um visual storytelling is really sophisticated and and magical. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, especially since this is your first like major series and there's usually more of a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your learning curve is incredibly like steep. Steep. Yeah. It was <laughs> happening like, fast. The difference between volume one or sorry, the difference between chapter one and chapter two was like, wow, this got a lot better. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it got a lot better. And then chapter three, you're like, whoa, Eureka. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's usually more of a training period. <laughs> well, I've had my training period, like, I think with... Uh, Heroic Villain before Magical How, which mm. was another webcomic, which is now kind of on hiatus because of Magical How. Mm. Right. Yeah, I also noticed the, the improvement because I wanted to make sure my readers were happy and also to make sure that that they are getting the art they deserve to read. So uh, before we go too much further, can you... I, I know a lot of people who are listening to this are already reading, reading Magical How. Um, it's definitely one of the the really popular comics on our site, pretty much from the minute it went up, people were like, yep, this is my aesthetic, give it to me more. (laughs) Boys in dresses, incredibly snarky, magical girl deconstruction, but like not a super depressing, weird Mm -hmm. one. Can you give everybody sort of a, how you would summarize Magical How to somebody who hasn't read it yet? Boys in skirts. (laughs) Do I need to explain any further? Boys in skirts, okay? Is that sort of, was was that your main goal going in? Was just like- Cute boys yes. and nice legs, just Dude, all the time. If you asked any of my friends, they would definitely tell you she definitely did it because of boys and skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Plot schmott. Yeah. <laughs> Action, whatever. Just but then boys the and more skirts. the more I got into it, the more I was like, oh shit, I'm actually developing a plot. <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking before we turned the mic on about uh, chapter four is coming up soon. It's going to be 40 pages. That's a lot of comics. Mm. We're going to get start getting some more backstory. It's going to be good. I'm excited. You should be. There's a lot of juiciness going on in there. <laughs> yeah. I saw a salacious screenshot that, because Eureka knows that I'm a pervert, so I'm like, you know, is anybody going to make out? And she's like, mm, I don't know. I guess you'll have to see. Mm. Oh, here's a little picture. Oh, I'll take it away. It's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> And Leanne's like, high pitch scream. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since I'm not the series editor, so I get less than Lillian. Yeah. 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 I, I tend to see things before everybody else does, but uh, Such a that, that was a preview that I haven't seen yet. So oh, oh. Something maybe. for me to look forward to. You must have been traveling. That's the only reason I got to it first. Yeah. You're, I think you're just on Skype more than I am, so, so you yeah. can ping you more often. So, yeah, whereas I tend to only sign into Skype when I have work to do. So <laughs> That's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Getting those incredibly weird hours. It's like, oh, you're because up. That's right. So, it's good. I always have a late night friend who's online. <laughs> so, like, what were some of your influences going into this comic? I mean, I know that you're, you're also a Harry Potter fan based on fan art that's coming up online, but, like, other magical girl stories, other magical boy stories, like, what did you read that made you want to do something like this or watch? Oh, man. The influence for Magical Hell 
Well, it's mostly pretty cure actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also because I just got really tired of seeing a lot of uh, magical shows that I didn't really like. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes you get things like, "Oh, it's magical boys," but they turn into girls. Mm-hmm. So I always get like, eh, "It's not taking the joke far enough. Why are you not taking <laughs> not taking it far enough?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get very. Angry, like passionately angry at the people that made it, and then, and then later on, I feel bad because I know they worked hard on it. But I'm like, ugh. But at the same time, like, ah. It's true that a lot of the time when there are magical boy stories, they put some kind of there's got to be some sort of change. Like either they turn into girls, or in the case of like what cute Earth Defense League, the magical boy, they're wearing a lot of them are like wearing pants or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just it seems like it wouldn't be a huge stretch to just be like, no, they're wearing mini skirts, but they're still boys. But that is a big jump for you know like for a, for a lot of different where, the places that these air. Like they right. wouldn't just put a jump, which is crazy. Because- so much of it still has to be like, yeah, it's it's guys who are magical, but no homo. Yeah. And, and, and Magical yeah. House is like, oh no, it's all about the homo. <laughs> we are so it's homo. definitely all for the homo. I was practically raised upon the homo. <laughs> well, you know, also, but but you do have a mix, though. It's not, it's also not yaoi land. Like, mm-hmm. you established pretty, pretty clearly in the beginning that, like, Gabe and Booker are not getting it on, even mm-hmm. though they very easily could be. Mm-hmm. And Booker yeah. is very lonely, so I'm a little surprised oh, they weren't. Poor Booker. <laughs> Drooling over his, like, anime and his uh, (laughs) coffee shop crush. I'm more surprised with uh, people already immediately shipping with uh, Book and Gabe already, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, that was me, like, page two. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, never never underestimate the shippers. All you need is, like, like, two cute people in the same room together and somebody's going to ship that. Like, odd couple roommates are, like, the best. Yeah. You just, like, wear them down. But, like, I just want Gabe to end up with, you know, somebody and and be happy. I'm sure Book will. So, like, anybody who's that lonely, I feel like getting them hooked up by the end of the series is kind of a no-brainer. But, like, (laughs) I'm curious, sort of... Who does Gabe go for? Like, who's he into? Gabe, he is... There's a little bit of a thing later on, which I can't really spoil. Uh I really want to tell, but I (laughs) cannot spoil. What is Booker's type? Uh, He really, really likes men with muscles. He likes those who are tanned, okay? A.K.A. the coffee shop boy. Yeah, Mm. yeah. And Gabe is literally the opposite of tan. Yeah, (laughs) Pretty, pretty much. He has albinism, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It's just that I didn't don't really see too much of Binal characters, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just was like, hey, why not make Gabe an albino? Uh-huh. Yay, done! <laughs> no, it's a cool aesthetic choice, just because, particularly because um, this is one of our first comics that was done in color as well, yeah. so... That's something you can actually see and appreciate in the comic itself, whereas, like, if we were doing this in black and white, you'd be like, yeah, he's an albino, and people would be like, really? What? Yeah. But, huh? Yeah, if he so, had unfilled hair, they would just assume he was blonde or something. Right, right. Um, but you have that really, especially since, like, in the shoujo sort of tradition, hair color changes depending on the cover, you know? Like, right, right. It's like the Sailor Moon when they have, like, what are their hair colors? It's like, well, in the manga, it's unclear. Like, right. <laughs> um, their hair color is, like, eight different colors. But, right, depending on what Naoko Takeuchi felt like drawing that day. Yeah, basically. So, so it is it is nice with that color comic that you really kind of took advantage. And, mm-hmm. oh, actually, speaking of color, we were discussing earlier that Hal may or may not have purple pubic hair because... <laughs> He has purple chest purple hair. Purple chest hair. Which yes. I didn't notice the first time. And there was a close-up where, like, it was a close-up on Booker's face. And I saw these little purple chest hairs behind him. And I was like, oh, my that God, I'm so excited purpose. about this. <laughs> I'm so glad you noticed that. <laughs> 
because it's an it's because like my friend was like daring me to do that so i was like accepted (laughs) challenge accepted i like how like (laughs) half of what you do seems to be inspired by friends being like you should do this or like don't do this and you're like challenge accepted (laughs) (laughs) yeah but at the same time whenever my friends tell me sometimes when my friends tell me to think i do the opposite to hurt them yeah (laughs) yeah driven by spite yeah i was like leanne does a lot of that too so that that was another part of our conversation yesterday was uh becca being like you shouldn't do this tokyo demons is like leanne watch me (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a challenge (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is a terrible idea uh okay time to make it happen so it sounds like you've got a lot of people in your life who are kind of beta reading Eureka. Like, you you have a lot of influence from friends on this? Yeah, definitely a lot of friends, but I usually have this one main friend. Her name's uh, Easy. She does a comic called By Revelation. Oh, yeah. She is a joy to be <laughs> around with, and she's probably the only one that helps me stay sane. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so a lot of the times, I tell her a lot of my ideas, mm-hmm. and she says something and i'm and then i reply with oh really i might do that and she's like do it i dare you and then i do it to the point of where it becomes a habit and she's like i know you're gonna do it like no matter what i say you're gonna do it anyway oh so she understands your creative process very well now yeah (laughs) yeah you were mentioning earlier um the comic you you had done either a comic kind of like right before magical how or sort of concurrently what was the name of that one again heroic villain right now it's uh dead at the moment (laughs) How, how far did you get on that? I didn't, like, I only just finished chapter two, and mm. it's kind of, like, just sitting there with the chapter three cover, and no other pages are being updated, because Magical Hell is my bread and butter at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of school, I haven't really had time, and not only that, there's an issue of me wanting to completely revamp a heroic villain as mm. well, because mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with where it's going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So pull a nice errant on it and <laughs> redo <laughs> it from it, the yeah. start. Yeah, I mean, only when I have time, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> uh, heroic villain's plot is so much more complicated. It is so much research Mm -hmm. oh wow because it it has to do with like the government paperwork (laughs) all that stuff (laughs) racism wow discrimination interesting and uh a a lot of like fucked up stuff basically Mm -hmm. so (laughs) it was it was a lot to take on so uh comparing the two uh i thought that uh neither magical how or villain would ever get picked up you know so mm-hmm. mm. it was more of like oh I'll just i'll just do this okay i'm dead mm. <laughs> yeah you were originally recommended to us by um someone in hiveworks that was like because every once in a while um we'll get sort of suggestions that there are these comics floating on the web and they're like oh do you think this would be right do you think this would be right and a lot of the time it's like well I want to say Sparkler has a really firm aesthetic, but we definitely have sort of, you know, the whole uh, female gaze, G-A-Z-E. Like, we, we really want stuff that kind of fits tonally. Um, no, it's more like audience. Yeah, and it's it's tough picking up a comic midstream as well. I think that yeah. makes us extra particular about things. So. Yeah, but, it's like, this was handed to me, and I was like, whoa, this is absolutely our aesthetic. Yeah, like, yeah. Boys <laughs> and, it was, and dresses it was... and sparkly and fu- and really snarky. Like, right. That's what, what drew me. I mean, I liked your art, but um, it was like the... The how, sense of humor. Yeah, like how incredibly cutting the humor was. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes. And also we... Um, 
we needed a few more comedies, like, mm-hmm. especially year one uh, and even year two of Sparkler. Everything was super serious. Yeah. We were really kind of struggling to get anything later. I mean, thankfully, in year three, we got um, We've Orange got Junk. Orange Junk as yeah. well. Although Orange Junk is on, like, a, a really serious arc right now. <laughs> oh, I know. The, the most recent chapter made me tear up. Oh, I was like, man. I never thought Orange Junk would make me, like, want to cry. But, yeah. like, I can't watch Drew cry. Like, yeah. it's just it's hard, yeah. man. <laughs> but especially since Magical How has been, you know, uh, Orange Junk being in black and white, it tends mm-hmm. to kind of go a little bit more with our more manga-style stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas Magical How is getting paired with Knights Errant a lot because you guys are two big color comics other mm-hmm. than which is Quarry, which is medieval fantasy. But it was great to have, uh, when people don't understand, like, what Sparkler is, or kind of like, oh, it's for girls, what does that mean? I always give them Knights Errant and Magical How together, and I'm like, this is kind of the spectrum. Yeah. Like, it's hard to get much further away from Knights Errant than Magical How is. (laughs) But yet they both fit under the same kind of umbrella. Yeah. The Sparkler umbrella. Yeah, exactly. I'm still still really happy that you guys picked it up. Oh, it's great. You know? And it's so fun to work with you. Because I will not lie. Thank you. Uh, I will not lie, though. Uh, when I first heard it, I was like, say what? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Is this happening? No, seriously. Is this happening? Wait, I need my tea. I have not had my tea for this. <laughs> so I had to take a break, breathe in, come back and be like, okay, what did you say? Because <laughs> I don't think I believe you. <laughs> wow. Really? It was that much of a shock? I mean, it's really great. <laughs> yes. I mean, because uh, because over here in, in Singapore, like I'm very used to being uh, rejected mm-hmm. for for my work uh, and my art because usually a lot of the times it wouldn't be what people were looking mm-hmm. for or that they tell me I'm just mm-hmm. not good enough. Why why isn't it what what they're looking for? Like what sort of the difference in the aesthetic? I am not sure because. A lot of the times, I guess maybe because over here, it's very uh, heavy on anime, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't really explained to me very clearly about why my work was rejected or why they didn't like my work mm-hmm. as much. So it was pretty devastating and also quite mm-hmm. frustrating because because uh, I was also trying to get into the uh, animation industry as well mm-hmm. at the same time, and because I'm trying to be a character mm-hmm. designer, and I. I pretty much got a shitty job as a character designer where I got mm. overworked and uh, I felt like I was just, I wasn't being, uh, being to my full mm. potential, you yeah. know? Did you get kind of burned out or? I did get burned out. In fact, it was around the time where I just started mm. the villain. And like, if you see the the very first chapter, the, the art is pretty, okay, it's, actual shit, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay, I was... I absolutely loathed mm. that period. I hated it. Because I would be too exhausted to, to work on it properly because of the stress mm-hmm. at work. Yeah, and also because, like, I at the time, I also started feeling like that I would never mm-hmm. be good enough. Because I also had other artists tell me that my art would only be good for advertisements or mm. something like that. That's so interesting that you, oh, sorry, so go it, ahead. No, it's it, I was just going to say that it was a pretty dark period mm-hmm. for me. We've it's, had a lot of people being, is that what you're going to say? That like there were a lot of our artists who went to art school or, you know, worked at a job and they're, they're like, no, your style is too manga. We don't want it. Right, but no, that's like the opposite problem. Yeah. Is that like <laughs> you know, if, I guess if you go to Singapore if like you're not anime enough, then it's an issue. So, um <laughs> It's weird, though, because in the animation industry over here, they prefer more oh, okay. Western stuff. But I get rejected. Yeah. I don't for, for I don't know what yeah. grounds. 
And if I try to go for other industries, they would not look at my work or, or, and take my work mm. seriously because it's the first thing that they'll think is that they want anime or manga mm -hmm. style, at least for the mm -hmm. other industry. And then there's animation, and I feel like I'm stuck in between because my style is neither yeah. mm -hmm. cartoony or mm -hmm. anime, you know? So it's, it's kind of a limbo yeah. in a way. That's why we like you. Like, mm -hmm. we really like those hybrid styles. Um, and when I first saw your stuff, um, the first thing that kind of came to mind, I was like, I wonder, like, this is kind of Cartoon Network-y, the way that you did it, but with a clear manga influence, mm -hmm. but, and then I saw on your Tumblr that you did, like, Powerpuff Girl or mm. Rowdy Rough Boys, and I was like, oh my god, of course, that's, like, that That was exactly what you would do. Mm -hmm. You would be on mm -hmm. one of these kind of, like, Cartoon Network-y, like, manga-influenced sort of shows, and I think that your stuff looks very much like modern Western animation mm -hmm. um, in that sense. Like, more, certainly more anime than maybe, like, the designs of Adventure Time, for mm -hmm. example, which are just kind of, like, weird, wobbly shapes. But that kind of, like, thick-lined, really poppy, mm -hmm. really expressive, the way that kind of everybody's bodies move. It's really great. It, do it does remind me more of, like, cartoons and animation than it reminds me of, you know, traditional comics. And it's just, it's really great. Like, knowing right. your age, knowing your influence, it was, like, we had been talking in another podcast yesterday about this, that we just, like, we were really excited to see basically your generation and how mm -hmm. what their art was going to look like when they had this like globalization of anime and manga. Yeah, and and, yeah. Western. and it's interesting because you're in Singapore, so you weren't even raised in a lot of the countries that a lot of our other creators were. But a lot of these trends were kind of global at the same right. time. Right. I mean, like I was going to say that like you know for for North America, we really got into like anime and manga when we were in high school, so in like the late '90s, early 2000s. And I, when I was at Tokyo Pop, especially in the early days, I always was thinking to myself like the people who are five to ten years younger than me who got into anime and manga when they were in elementary school with like Pokemon and, and kind of going from there, it's going to be integrated into their style and into their aesthetic in a really different way. Mm -hmm. And like when they come of age and start actually working professionally, it's going to be really interesting to see the stories that they're telling and the styles that they're using to kind of express themselves creatively. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look like something really different. And that's mm -hmm. so far you know, 10 years down the line, I feel like that's kind of proven to be the case where there's just a new generation kind of coming in that has, yeah, just grown up with this in a really different way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess how much were you exposed to anime and manga kind of when you were growing up? Sort of what was your, what were you really into when you were a kid? What were your influences? Okay, so um, I think when I was a kid, I first watched uh, a lot of western cartoons like Danny mm -hmm. Phantom, Powerpuff Girls, uh, Kim mm -hmm. Possible, yeah. Batman Beyond, mm -hmm. Batman the mm -hmm. Animated Series, Justice League, you know, all mm -hmm. that good stuff. And then I would also uh, have these comics that I, I bought on my own after seeing my dad's uh, small collection of Tomb Raider mm. comics. That m made me want to go out and look for some comics mm -hmm. of my own and I was just in the convenience store one day and then I saw this one comic just sitting there on the shelf and it was issue 21 monster allergy hmm. like I'm not sure how many people have heard of monster allergy I have but I don't know what it looks like I can't think of like the aesthetic offhand well I can tell you that the the comic definitely looks uh it's d a lot better than uh the animated mm -hmm. series because it was by the same person that that made I think yeah witch mm. oh okay okay which was yeah. also which was very uh, which was very popular mm -hmm. yeah at the time, I that's think. kind of popular everywhere except the United and States it's it's kind of amazing 
Like, cause I, when I was in Syria, yeah. like, which was really big, like, I think that had more of a global impact than, uh, than the West. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I started reading that issue of Monsterology, I was hooked. And then I went ahead and bought the rest of the issues in one huge bulk. Cause there was a book mm. fair and they were coming in cheap, just like $2 mm. each, I think. Or six dollars each. I can't remember, but it was like a steal. Okay, it was a steal. <laughs> I didn't have to spend nine dollars. I had to spend six dollars, which was amazing. <laughs> then after that, I I watched more animated movies, and then when I was uh, around like fourteen, fifteen, that's when I got into mm-hmm. anime. Like my most favorites were Triple X Holland, that Lillian's big on Heart, that, yeah. Sakura, and I think Death Note was was also one of my mm-hmm. top favorites. Good yeah, taste. So those were like those were the first three I got really hooked on mm-hmm. for anime. Mm-hmm. Then I discovered more more anime that I would enjoy like Guren Lagan mm. and uh, I I can't remember this one anime. Why can't I remember it? Oh wait, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. That would have been when you were young, yeah, that would have been a big one. The big stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those were like the major influences of my life mm-hmm. around that time. We're looking up monster allergy while you're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I can see how this would influence you. That, yeah. That's really interesting, seeing kind of all the, these sources and then um, what they kind of ended up with in your hand when you developed your own style. So you're in school now, is that right? Or Yeah, I just uh, got back to school. Uh-huh. And I someone saved me from hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, please. <laughs> Are you going kind of full-time, or is it sort of like part-time? Or is- It's a... Uh, it's full time, and I think I'm already slowly losing my health oh, bit by oh, bit. Oh no! And I need health potions, which is basically tea. Yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis. Do you have it in little glass bottles and dyed red, so it looks like you know an authentic health potion? <laughs> sadly, no. Uh. I don't. I don't do that. Sadly, <laughs> she's not a crafter. I should have yeah. done that though. <laughs> yeah. Have that aesthetic to help the, you know, the psychology of feeling yeah. re re-energized. Yeah, I mean it's tough because like especially to be an animator, it's just you have to draw so much. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great training, and it's gonna get you like such a level up in your skill set, but it it is at a very high cost of work yeah. level. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you- it it is. Are- and I, it's really taxing, especially uh, for when you're doing assignments, especially if they're due like the very next week. Mm-hmm. Because uh, with work, at least you know when the deadline is. Right. But for school, it's like, no, it must be next week. Right. Otherwise, you'll get 0% if you submit late. <laughs> right. right. It's interesting because uh, a lot of my classmates, when they got into the animation course, they fundamentally do not know anything much about animation you know Mm -hmm. and because over here the culture is slightly different because uh everyone is influenced by anime Mm -hmm. right they tend to only think of anime when they think of animation they don't think of like the cartoons as Mm -hmm. much you know Mm -hmm. i'll be honest it's a little bit sad because i feel like it's important to appreciate both types Mm -hmm. of of animation, you know, because those are the two big influences, either cartoon or anime. Mm -hmm. And I just think that people should be aware that when they want to get into animation, do your research first, please. (laughs) Do do thorough research because you might not uh, be happy with with uh, what you get yourself into because Mm -hmm. it 
I won't lie that the animation industry is is quite hard. To, it's really hard to get into unless you know someone in inside. Mm. And then hard to work in too. Like uh... right. Yeah, and it is hard to work in, especially for uh, over here at least in Singapore, mm-hmm. because from what I know to my to the best of my knowledge is that there's also a little bit of the stigma of like where companies from western countries like the usa Mm -hmm. come to these companies outside in asia like you know in china and india and stuff and they usually charge very cheap right but for very good quality like pixar right Mm. and sometimes uh uh, sometimes the small companies they can't really survive on the amount Mm -hmm. i don't know why but it's such a huge issue uh, with outsourcing because sometimes uh people can get paid very little based on a particular budget you know like for example if you pay uh, 120 that's like the bare minimum enough for an episode to be done right. and animated overseas right mm-hmm. and usd so i mean that's at least the bare minimum for a good quality yeah. 100 120 thousand yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's but well, that needs to get divided up between yeah, all the people working people. on it that doesn't go very far yeah, yeah. sometimes sometimes there are even horror stories where animators work so hard they overtime but they don't get paid for overtime right yeah. and they're paid like like peanuts right yeah. right so it is very scary mm-hmm. at the same time oh god i've heard stuff about the the japanese the, this within japan the industry like yeah. in tokyo there's been a couple yeah actually that's there there have been some I don't want to say exposés but there have been a, a few especially now that they're like kind of English speakers who are working in the Japanese anime industry not mm-hmm. many of them but they've kind of there's been more breakthrough maybe the last 5 10 years and them kind of writing about their lives and it's like what right where they like all live in dormitories and yeah. you just work all the time and yeah. you're getting paid like nothing and just the number of times so. they were hospitalized for exhaustion oh, you know God. like and they're getting paid like you know $1000 yeah. a month and like it's just like, and, and you have to live in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's what? Like, well, you should be grateful for this opportunity that you're getting in on the, you know, ground level and you can uh, work and you're like, oh man, this is just yeah. like, there's there's paying your dues and then there's, you know, yeah. slave labor and, and being abused. So. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of industries have that problem, but I've. Ever since I was a kid, they they always told us they're yeah. like you know I think at the time they'd be like think about the Korean animators you know like yeah. like they outsourced to them um and it they to get it really cheap as you said Eureka yeah. and that they would just like yeah have to live in dorms and like you know the it's like the it's like almost like the sweatshop right morning, it is where it's, it's like, like when I was a kid sweatshop. my parents were like remember this animation you know like yeah. you should pay for it because of you know. Yeah, people being exploited to make it happen, and these days getting people to pay for anything um, is yeah. difficult. <laughs> like the consumer, yeah. <laughs> so that 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 idea that at least in, in the earlier days with anime, I mean, granted, there there have been ways to speed up the animation process that did not exist twenty years ago, where literally everything had to be drawn by hand. Right, but at the same time, it's like p- the way people consume their media, they're less likely to pay for it or even really think about mm-hmm. the process about how how is this making money and going back and there have been a lot of discussions about the japanese animation industry and how mm-hmm. it's really struggling and they mm-hmm. said go buy japanese blu-rays i think that's like they're saying is the shortcut to help the oh, anime really? industry they're like yeah if, if you like something go buy the original yeah. japanese blu-ray it's gonna be a hundred bucks but like do it <laughs> so you'll get more of that show right um because that was like the direct sales they were looking at because mm-hmm. now you have streaming so that used to be that it was on tv you'd get ad revenue mm-hmm. but even that even that's had to change, you know, like, because they're doing streaming, you could put ads on there, but people click mm-hmm. through them or they have, like, ad block or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Same thing with comics, but at least comics, it's like a, a comic project is small enough that you can kind of build it and it's like on one person's back. Mm-hmm. And I will say also, what's interesting about the webcomic industry, and this is something that I'm hoping you're going to, you know, that's going to be good for you, Eureka, is uh, the webcomics audience is getting used to reading only a little bit at a time. So mm-hmm. even though the if there's not ever an easy route to make money off of it, mm-hmm. it's not that easy to make money off of a lot of these creative industries. Mm-hmm. And at least webcomics, you're not expected to have the same output right. as most of the other, you know, animation, uh, you know, Western kind of like if you right. worked in a superhero comic. You're or not whatever. doing 30 pages a month. Yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, you're doing 40 pages this month, apparently, but <laughs> well. you, you get to space that out over several months. So. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to read the new chapter. Ah, oh, it's getting so, so good. Exciting. You'll love it. <laughs> no, seriously, you will. Drama. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to to release chapter four because I get to show another side of Hal, Book, and Gabe mm. all together. Yeah. yeah. So this chapter is really fulfilling in terms of getting yeah. to know the characters themselves. So read us. Be excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of chapter four, because it's so long, I mean, we're, we're going to split it up into chunks, obviously, because that's really long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that once chapter four is done, we're going to have graphic novels. We can kick, mm. do a Kickstarter. Um, we've do already a print release. Of, yeah. Um, we don't do a lot of color comics. We're sort of cutting our teeth on the Knights Errant book, which mm-hmm. was kickstarted about two months ago. And we're kind of prepping it for print now. And Magical How, I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, that'll like, be on, fun. On the page, yeah. Um, and we're also, we've <laughs> sort of learned our lesson. We're getting some print experts to come in and help us because yeah. we're really a digital company. And in the beginning, we're like, I'm sure we can sort of figure out print because we all came from the print industry. Right, like right. we were all translated manga industry when we started, but we were never really that much on the, the actual production side. Like, yeah checking stuff we were always on the kind of editorial yeah as opposed to like pre-press or whatever we learned <laughs> yeah how incredibly complicated it is and then we kind of got a grasp on black and white it's like now yeah. it's time to go to color and it's like Ugh. which which in some ways is easier and in some ways is harder so at the at the very least magic cloud will not be our first comic and i am looking forward to like how pretty and sparkly we can make it and Yay. especially that's the great thing about kickstarter is like now you can start getting like foil print on the cover or like oh my god you could do like design. a holographic cover yeah. just to make it like extra sparkly oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah you're no. a very good candidate for stretch that. goal i already <laughs> i already put enough effort on painting my nails all sparkly just for this podcast <laughs> and your I hair did. too your hair is like a like a tsunami of like red and pink and like it's so cool i know i was so happy i actually just got it done today again so now it's purple yeah oh, oh exciting nice. mm-hmm so what are some of your other influences these days? So I know that you were, you're on a little Harry Potter fan art kick for a while. So like, what mm. else has been inspiring you lately? What do you do for fun? What, what do I do for fun? Yeah, what do you read? What do you watch? I watch crime documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just, I really love them. It's the way I relax. I'm like, oh, finished pages of cute boys in skirts. Okay, time to watch a crime documentary on this mass murderer. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, That's I've been watching crime documentaries since I was like eight because my uh-huh. dad, we would just sit in front of the TV when he gets home, eat dinner, and watch a documentary of this person killing another person. So and it sounds like the your methods dad was a big of how someone kills another, how someone stalks someone. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that's, I guess that's what caused me to be very happy about torturing my characters a lot. <laughs> oh my god. It's your way of getting those feelings out in a nice, safe environment. 
Yes, indeed. So, with, mm. Without any actual people being harmed. Sadly, <laughs> yeah, I cannot enough. kill anyone yet. <laughs> like, yeah, I know yeah. There, there are days. We all have dun, those dun, days. Dun. But, like... <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I'm, I'm really curious now that, that Magical How has taken a slightly darker turn. This is, like, for people who aren't necessarily caught up because of the, the online serialization is at one page a week, but um, the last two chapters in Sparkler have been, like, long, like 13 chapter, or 13 page chapters. So we're mm-hmm. actually really quite far ahead in Sparkler. That's my daily plug to be like, hey, you should buy a membership to Sparkler and like support read beautiful ahead. people yeah. like Eureka and also you can read ahead. But it's definitely like in, in the sense that Lillian said in the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, Gabe, what have you gotten yourself into? This is more like the other magicals and kind of like, you know, some of the other magicals. It's like, who are you? You're a little weird. Or like, yeah. what, what are you? What are you what's asking? Your deal? You seem a little too nice. Like, yeah. What's what's going on here? What's your dark secret? Yeah. And then, of <laughs> so. course, like all the dark stuff that like book is either like actively suppressing or sort of like right. hiding and how book is definitely not a super bright character he's kind of glum and and always he dealing is. With issues mm-hmm. he's he's always been a glum character like he has been for since 2013 in fact mm-hmm. <laughs> he's your little uh, glummy <laughs> he was and ironically he used to be a a, a fanmate character oh really yeah like i was in the Onceler fandom craze at the time. Nice. So he used to be he used to be a Onceler, so I de Oncelerized him because because <laughs> uh, when I say de Oncelerized because it's like in the fandom for for Onceler, we just treat all the fanmate Oncelers as a species. We even had a mating call for the specific species. Oh my god, that's amazing. Wow. That's yes. a fandom that I knew existed, but was never actually a part of. So that's really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then, like, slowly it died, and I just like eh, I'll just do you once the him because I like him so much. Uh huh. Because I I am basically just going to revive him and mm-hmm. just torture him all over again from the start. Mm-hmm. But we should really get you and Jen Doyle on a podcast. Again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what's What's interesting is I noticed you guys a little while ago did an art trade. Where you drew Will from Knights Errant and Jen drew Booker from How did Magic I miss that? Oh, it was on Twitter. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I should send that to the, the Sparkle no. Athlete Tumblr. Oh, it was really great. Yeah. I, I really wanted to do an art trait with her because I'm a big, big fan of 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 her of her work, you know? Because yeah. every time I see Knights Errant updates, I'm like <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, it's it's good and stuff. then I and then I hyperventilate over the art because I just cannot get over how tastefully well done her lines oh, are. Yeah. And just the story progression, it's fantastic and sed- sadistically good. Yeah, it is it's, it's it is only definitely going sadistic. To get more sadistic. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and, you know, like, Jen Doyle's a really good example because you were talking about reboots and stuff that yeah. um, I don't think they had much formal training in, in art. And now, granted, the old version of Knights Errant, the art was actually excellent and, and it was a really yeah. good story, but it was very different. And they rebooted uh, Knights Errant to kind of with like a sort of a new style that uh-huh. was like a little bit. I, I do like the new style. It was style more better. consistent. So, I yeah. mean, I think the thing with the old version was that, I mean, Jen was a history major by training so you know you could see them really learning how to keep character designs consistent and like what's the best way to do page layout and like there were a lot of interesting experimental elements with like the first Mm. version of knights errant and the reboot is just much more stylistically consistent so it's like now i know going in kind of what i'm going for this is how i want to handle the color schemes Um, oh this is now i like have a better grasp on 
consistent character design. This is how um, I want to torture my readers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So mm-hmm. the first version was maybe it had a little bit too much humor. Now we really want to get in there and like twist the knife a little bit yeah. more. That's so. true. The first version had a lot more like it was more punchliney and, and everybody was kind of I don't know if I want to say sillier, but the, the comic itself a was little a little quippier, bit maybe. Yeah, it was a little quippier. So like, and this yeah. one has is certainly funny in like a really dark sort of sense, but yeah. the the tone is truly unique. This yeah. version, it's like yeah. there's nothing quite. Like, when I read Knight's Errant, it doesn't really remind me of anything else, and vice yeah. versa, that it's like, this is like a singular comic. Yeah. Um, and th- that's a good example of somebody who was doing a really good job, and then was like, no, I'm going to reboot it because I want to have a different style, or I, I think I can do better. I think I, would- I can do it even better. Yeah. yeah. That there's always kind of, you can always get better, because, you know, yeah. if you read the short story about Anton and Pepe that uh, came out last Ooh. issue, uh. like, the layouts in that were insane. Oh, they're like, really great. Oh, my God. Don't. Just like... Don't, my heart is still recovering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, oh yes. boy. <laughs> Get, getting that issue prepped, like, you know, those pages came in and I, I did my little review on them and then sent them out to the rest of the team. And there was this, like, email chain of shrieking that kind of happened subsequently of, oh, of God. everybody getting their heart ripped out. Yeah. So. Well, the first line of, like, any, you know, Sparkly series basically goes through Lillian, of course, because she's sort yeah. of the editor. Um, you know, varying, going back and forth. And then Lillian will throw something at, we're basically like the, the proofing and formatting team. So mm-hmm. she'll like be, okay, it's up for proof. Who's going to do it? And somebody will be like, oh, I'll do it or whatever. And that's when kind of like the internal sparkler screaming mm-hmm. happens where it's like, you didn't tell me, blah, 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 you know. And, yeah. Or uh, like, I can't <laughs> see through the tears. I'm yeah. trying to yeah. like format this for the issue. Um, especially since we have a couple, uh, as we, on a recent podcast, Leah Wake, who, um, she was like, uh, kind of part-time staff with us for a long time mm-hmm. who was upgraded to regular staff and she's been doing ebook formats for a while but she's like a real fangirl mm-hmm. um who's very respectful and polite until like that the stuff comes in and she's like okay i did it by the way what <laughs> <laughs> like she gets kind of like overwhelmed which is cute because she's also young too so we like to like push things at lee and be like what yeah. do you think lee and she's like oh my god it's so good and we're like success yeah <laughs> it's working yeah per- particularly when it comes to like after a while it's like long weekend when we do crunch crunch is always like a really difficult yeah. weekend we're formatting partially because of the way our model is but it's like we need like eight different versions of every comic page right. it's like this is for the vips this is for the site this is for the the regular issue blah 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 so it's a lot of like putting everything in and then doing the, the copy edit and then just like sitting there exporting jpegs for like yeah. <laughs> and formatting them and, and tweaking them whatever right. but it's it's always a pleasure because that's how most of us get the material the first time right so it, it comes in and we're like oh at least like before we start it's like i'm gonna read all of it though yeah yeah <laughs> before i put all my time into it and then you like really want to share it with the world yeah um and it I gets you excited for that that oh, big yeah. like and maybe just because i'm old but like i really don't like reading web comics online much so putting together like a, a neat like compacted download where it's like you can just and it's like DRM free, so it's like right. just download this beautiful piece of all of these stories and have it forever on any device that you want. Yeah, like I want to share that with the world, which is good for like hour fourteen. <laughs> I'm like, I've got to really want to keep working on this. Yeah. Whereas I'm the opposite, and I'm like, ah, eh, downloads. Who still <laughs> downloads anything? I'm all about the cloud. <laughs> Let it just exist in the ether, and I can go to it whenever I want to. Wait, there's no Wi-Fi. What? Ah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So. You have the the, the non-Wi-Fi crush. Yeah. It's like, oh no. How can I get all my stuff? Where's Netflix? It's gone. It's yeah. like gone forever. It's like, no, it's gone until the next Wi-Fi signal, but it feels like you've been cut off from the world. <laughs> from the world. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so I, the days I really... before the internet. What did we yeah. do? <laughs> what? How How did we survive? 
Well, I mean, what's great is with something like Magical How being in Sparkler, like that is very much a product of globalization and the ease of the internet like even five years ago it would have been hard to hire you eureka yeah um like even stuff like this like uh, the way that communication got so easy msn and stuff has been around a while but it wasn't great the idea that you can get on on skype voice with lillian and hash out stuff as opposed to like using a phone card i mean that wasn't that long ago yeah yeah how did we live yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and it, it can be very difficult to kind of jam on on mm-hmm. sort of ideas and um i mean some of our creators their english is not they, they don't like speaking in english much they mm-hmm. kind of prefer type but um being able to have that option of voice mm-hmm. is just really great or know? even just for like the sparkler team itself so i mean the fact that i'm in mm-hmm. california and you guys are east coast like mm-hmm. if we had to actually call in for our meetings every week oh, or God, just do everything by email yeah. that would have been a nightmare yeah so and now we get to have Eureka talking Hooray to for the all future. Our fans. Yay! Yeah, yay future! This is a wonderful future we live in. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, full I'm of still happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't That's think awesome. I'll be happy once I start chapter four because I'm gonna have to line and color all of it. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, not only sort of... that, I'm gonna try and improve it again. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. Tears of blood. <laughs> it's good to always challenge yourself to kind of up the ante a little bit, though. Each chapter gets a little bit better. Yeah. So. No, this time I'm just, I'm really going to try pushing it visually because this, because I'm trying to, uh, I am trying to focus more on making sure that it looks a bit more appealing than it was in the previous chapter. Mm, that's really that's, saying something because yeah, I feel like I it's already it's pretty appealing. Sparkly, so. and beautiful, and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> the gleam beam, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> gleam beam. <laughs> Gleam team, gleam beam. I think it's because, like, the animation side of me is also, like, a part of the process because Uh uh, what I've learned in animation can be applied into the comic work. And in in comics, sometimes I also see the same uh, similar aspects of the process Mm-hmm. Uh, as well for animation and you know vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what what's an example to... of that? What's something you learned from animation that you're applying now or trying to apply? Composition, layout, uh, scripting. Before I mm-hmm. actually do anything, you know, like actually draw stuff. Mm. Yeah. But because uh, like before Magical How, I actually just just I just never wrote any scripts whatsoever. I just dished out whatever I felt like. So Right. Mm. Yeah. So um, the idea of like planning ahead and kind yeah. of I only started planning ahead when I tried to do Hero Villain and then after that it was Magical How because Magical How, to be honest, it was started just based on a whim. And mm-hmm. when it got picked up, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to actually provide stuff now. Yeah, and I was like, let's get on this on Skype and talk about the next five chapters. And you were like, uh. <laughs> no, really, okay. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to like measure up my chapters. I just write them down. That's it. Right. And then I just go straight to uh to drafting after I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. Which is like after three iterations later or something mm-hmm. like that. Now I'm trying to remember what you because I feel like I've asked you this question before. But like, do you do you like pencil all everything first and then ink and then color, or do you do it sort of like one whole page at a time? Like, what's your general process there? Well, the drafts that you see are what I do first, mm-hmm. and then after that, I just go straight to light and then color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you do it like? page at a time or like a chunk at a time? Uh, usually a page at a time. What I do is okay. that I'll first draft out the pages one by one 
then mm -hmm. when I get to the process of line arting, I literally stick to the process of line arting. So one page line art, then the next page, then the next page. And once they're okay. all done, I color mm -hmm. and then edit. Okay. What takes the longest? What step? Coloring. Yeah, that's what I hear everybody saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Coloring is hell. <laughs> Coloring is hell, especially for magical hell, because, I mean, as much as I love adding sparkles to everything, it is an absolute <laughs> nightmare to work with as well. Oh, Do you have, I, like, custom brushes and stuff that you use for glitter and things? Yes, I actually made my own sparkle brush. Yay! Yeah! That's awesome. <laughs> so that I can just literally, like, boop, 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 done. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be some kind of, like, sound effect. I could See if I, were you, I like to make like... sound effects. <laughs> nice. I remember I watched you live stream once where you were, I feel like you were doing princess, uh, like, so the, the, the different, you were explaining before the podcast, I'd like you to repeat for your fans, but like the different stages of magical where Gabe's outfit's going to change and kind of what is more glittery, like, is there a crown at any point? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like, inquiring minds want to know more about these outfits that are coming up. Okay, so there are at least three stages. The first one is where Gabe is at right now. Mm -hmm. Then the second one, there's no cape yet, but it's definitely going to be a different look. It's going to be a sleek design Ooh. compared to the first one. Because the first one, the first stage, is are usually puffy dresses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> then the second stage is like all cool and sleek and modern. Mm -hmm. And then, the, then you have the princess stage where there is a sparkly dress or a sparkly cape. Usually there's mm -hmm. a cape of some sort right. and it really it really depends on the person that's wearing it. So sometimes mm -hmm. the dress may not be exactly the same. It could be like sleek or puffy, either one, but the most important part is the cape. It's the always cape, the yeah. cape. Mm -hmm. And that's the the gleam team all of the capes, right? Yeah. They're definitely a little sleeker looking. Yeah. yeah. At least one of them is a cape. I don't know if I don't remember if they all do. They all do. Yeah. They all they have all do. capes. Okay. They they're all they they leveled up already. Yeah, they come in and save Gabe's ass. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> He's getting his ass kicked by like yeah. a, it was a ladybug, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, evil ladybug, <laughs> evil ladybug. <laughs> I saw that people were referencing to miraculous ladybug, and I'm like, oh god, I didn't even mean to reference. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, ladybug is pretty common, you know, kind of an aesthetic for because you know it's, right. it's such a, a distinctive look with nice that and red poppy and, looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people that it's funny. Your your comments feed on the site is all people looking at references, being like, oh, this reminds me of blah, blah, blah. This reminds yeah. me of blah, blah, blah. Because you took a lot of influence from a lot of different places. And there's little cameos that pop up as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's, but I unfortunately, think... whatever the the comments say is completely the not at all what is influencing the comment. Yeah. yeah. So you I'm said like... like you really didn't want people to compare you to Madoka. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I absolutely, I do not like Madoka at all. So yeah. I was pretty horrified when people compared it to Madoka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of the, the it's like kind of, uh, Yuri and I were discussing that about Madoka. And like uh -huh. the, it just sort of like, it was not really made for women. And it's kind of like watch these symbolic little girls be tortured right. emotionally. And, right. And a little bit physically. And how right. it, was, it really was not much of a deconstruction. It was like a written was, for a very different audience. It was less of a deconstruction than everybody seemed to think it was. So Yeah, because yeah. people were comparing it to like Utena and Princess Tutu. And I was, was like, like, whoa, <sighs> no, no. I mean, Princess Tutu is almost a literal deconstruction because they yeah. break the fourth wall really ha hard. Right, <laughs> the, the right. Second we're, half we're, of the we're literally going to rewrite the story. And you're like, yeah. okay. And it's interesting because both Utena and um, Tutu. Both, yeah, both Utena and Tutu had like male showrunners mm -hmm. behind them, or, or more or less. There, there was always at least one sure. really important um, 
what's his name in Lieutenant Ikihara or Ikuhara. Ikuhara, yeah. Ikuhara. And yet they were clearly made for women. Like women with yeah. whatever. And then you I watched Madoka and I was like, ooh, this is for men. For yeah. for sure. This is this is not like magic this is not shoujo at all. And I was yeah. kind of surprised that nobody had kind of prepped me for that. Mm. Um and also it's always disappointing because like Madoka was like huge yeah. you know you see it's like oh let's take all the stuff that the girls like and we'll make it for boys now and we'll get all the animation budget and everybody will respect it all of a sudden and right. like want to do magical girls and i'm just always like like you're appropriating my shit like go away yeah. <laughs> not to say that like Ma- like monica was a really well done show but it was not speaking to the audience that made magical girls what they are you yeah. know like yeah and so yeah. I, I i feel the same way that like um it's interesting saying people like talk about your your influences and i think that like stylistically there are plot elements and sort of not less visual cues more mm-hmm. plot elements that you do that have been done in other shows before but madoka i felt was like kind of a stretch i'm like this is really this is not like madoka really at all mm-hmm. with the exception being like yes it's a little dark but mm-hmm. you know honestly whatever gets people to come try it you mm-hmm. know like so if they're like i really liked madoka and i like your stuff it's like okay well i'm just glad you're happy <laughs> yeah yeah and you can i mean people can like a variety of different things and sort yeah. of find find interesting reference without being like well you were obviously you know inspired by this and you're like nah not really yeah but yeah especially when people are like oh this is clearly like we had that with Togi Demons too where they're like yeah. oh this reminds me a lot of blah 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 I'm like well I've never watched or read that so so, so that's good but... yeah I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you came here for that but like I, I don't I couldn't have possibly taken elements from that because I never saw it <laughs> right right but it's funny how you know especially we talk about genre and tropes and stuff like like magical how you're pulling a lot from the magical girl lore like in mm-hmm. general yeah. um and some like of it is not even yeah. yeah yeah but not even necessarily like just stuff that we've seen in other magical girl shows mm-hmm. but stuff that logically makes sense within a magical girl universe mm-hmm. and that's where i think the the element of oh if gabe doesn't do this the, this power will kind of destroy his body it's mm-hmm. like that makes sense in a magical girl context because mm-hmm. it's really it's quite a weird system that there is mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah go collect these weird things why well you'll die if you don't so yeah <laughs> yeah because it's alive, like you'll if die. you don't you will explode, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Literally explode. <laughs> that was my favorite. Book was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Should I be, like, worried? And Gabe's, like, running in circles. And Yeah, he's like, wee! <laughs> <laughs> Should I be worried about you, man? You know, I'm going to go. I'll be back, though. Just I need to go flirt with Coffee Shop Boy. <laughs> or, try. or try. Booker doesn't care. He just doesn't care at all. <laughs> Aw, poor Booker. He's so God. cute. Yeah, he is very cute. Yeah, but, but he's going to be tortured in the, the next one, so... Hooray! Just, just a little bit, just a little bit, but definitely he will. <laughs> That's how we show our love is is through putting our characters through the ringer and like yeah. seeing how they come out the other side. And it's really funny because usually when a when there is a character that is tortured a lot, you can either tell that the author really hates this character or really loves this character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and for me, Booker is my favorite, so I torture him the most. He's my guinea pig. Mm. Yep, <laughs> yep. And his his. The darker elements are going to start coming out. They're related to the Gleam team, right? He has kind yes. of a history with one of them. Yes. Can, can you give us some non-spoilery teasers for, for sort of that? I... <laughs> She's like, no, you got to read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to phrase it. Mm. But he does have this little thing with one of them. Mm. He used to have this thing with them. I mean, at least the non-spoilery thing I can say is he used to go to school with one of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they have some history. We'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's exciting. It is. Exciting. And I'm so happy because I've been <laughs> waiting. I've been waiting to get to this part, okay? Yeah. 
Well, it's and, hard. Comics take forever to draw. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, I must be careful with the pacing. I don't want to rush. But at the same yeah. time, I do want to rush because I just want to get to it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You move at a good clip, though. I, one of the things that we were reviewing you for, um, you know, whether or not we put you in Sparkler, because a lot of our stuff was pitched directly to us. Magical How was one of the few that sort of um, We existed. kind of recruited. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it moved at a really good clip. And that's mm-hmm. something that some of our other comics which were really drawn kind of for graphic novel format, moved much slower as like a mm-hmm. webcomic. Because it's like, well, this, you know, this really is like a one book arc. And like, that's mm-hmm. going to take <laughs> a, year a year to serialize. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Magical How, which was really a little bit more in the webcomic-y style where it's a little more compact. It didn't feel rushed, but like the pages felt, they were really full. Like you could mm-hmm. get a page a week and it would, you know, it had a lot of panels and it. it had a lot of discussion. It had a lot, a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in every page. You can have a more compact kind of, storytelling experience and then as a graphic novel it's going to be really good too like it's going to be because i think by the time we kickstart it it'll be somewhere in like the 120 page range and that's going right. to be a really packed 120 pages yeah for sure um particularly compared to something like you know uh gatesmith it's mm-hmm. like what i usually compare on the other side because gatesmith is like a freaking brilliant comic yeah but it has nothing in comic with in common with web comics at yeah. all it was yeah. absolutely made to be written as a, a full novel, yeah. uh, a graphic novel, and a long one, too. Like, it's yeah. at least 160, 170 pages, plus it's got extra stuff. And it's kind of like yeah. the first arc of something much bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we'd all, you know, we'd been working on Gatesmith kind of, like, serialized. And then before it was going off to print, we were doing final proofs and corrections. And mm-hmm. rereading it again, we're like, whoa, this is so, so good, good as a book. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It so really hangs together well. Yeah, it does. So we're really excited to put that out. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's nice to have a variety of stuff in Magical mm-hmm. How. The, the way that your book is going to read is going to be super different. It's going to feel like, you know, just it's moving really fast. It, like the, the chapters kind of have a lot going on in it. It, it feels a little more TV serial wise, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like there's a lot in each little chunk. Mm-hmm. As a, and, and it's building like Magical How is clearly building to something bigger. But it that, is. It's not, I'm like, not even exclusively I'm not even building past. to something bigger. I'm not even past the beginning. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. How long do you think it's gonna be? Uh, you can just tell by that groan. <laughs> okay, dude. What I have written so far, I have not even reached halfway of the story. There's like literally so much stuff that I've already split them into into two or three acts. Hmm. Hmm. Have you finished Act One? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even halfway with Act One. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> and wow. this is Act One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So I am literally crying because <laughs> it's difficult because I'm literally trying to make sure it all stays consistent and that it makes sense mm-hmm. by the yeah. time it gets to like the second or third act. <laughs> no, I mean that's fair. And like it, it's funny because. We have stuff in a lot of different stages right now. Like, um, you and, and Knights Errant are both kind of like on a similar track in that mm-hmm. you did some stuff before, and Knights Errant really has been around for like five years because mm-hmm. the, the reboot was part of that. Um, but like, Jen's plans for Knights Errant, it's like, like a 10 year, like it's going to take like 10 it's years gonna to be kind long, of, yeah. yeah. So the, the idea that you're a similar, you have this kind of like epic storyline, but you're getting editorial in the mm-hmm. early stages to kind of help you wrangle it a little bit. Not that I don't think you guys are capable of doing it alone, but it mm-hmm. is easier when you have a team behind you being like, mm-hmm. okay, we can actually kind of set really clear deadlines. We can help you kind of bang out. Or yeah, stuff. bounce ideas around. Right. As opposed so. to something like Orange Junk, which has crossed 500 pages and came to us about halfway done, I'd say, yeah, when we got yeah. it. And I think 
Orange Junk is ending in like two years. It's like a year or two more. She like yeah. she's more than halfway done for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it was supposed to be five or six volumes by the end, mm-hmm. and we're, uh, we just we're in volume four right now, mm-hmm. which is good. And then we have stuff that like you know shorts that are like <laughs> right. sixty pages. It's done. Right. But I like knowing that like you and Knights Errant, who are very you guys are very much like year three plus series that we have. You're kind of right. the newer stage of Sparkler, so I'm glad that we're kind of working with you where this version of the story is still relatively new, but you have lots of plans because yeah. we're really interested in, in where you're going to go. Um, especially seeing how much that you've already improved in such a short period of time. And, and considering also your age, mm. um, not that Jen Doyle is much older than you. No. Um, I think they're like 26 or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. They're in their sort of mid-20s, but like on the young side of mid-20s. Yeah, as opposed to like us elderly people and like Jen Quick. <laughs> like right. like our mid-30s right, and, mid-30s. And, and that, you know, Jen Quick had a lot of her kind of growth and, and, and discovery stuff like 10 years ago when yeah. she was your age. Not that she's yeah. not still, you know, growing and developing, but yeah. she's got a very distinct style that she sort of sticks to. <laughs> yeah. But um, seeing you guys in this developmental stage, especially with an epic project, with stuff that you've done in the past to kind of, you know, get you up to speed so that you're you're not doing a really, really rough beginning. Right. It's just really great. And I'm looking forward to seeing how long, you know, kind of how you, how you grow up while the story grows up, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think that you, as your personality changes throughout, sort of like the, you see a lot of changing in the early 20s to like the late 20s and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're definitely not a kid, but you're sort of still in a very formative time. Mm-hmm. And I, to see that reflected in your work is going to be just really exciting, Yuriko. We're, we're really excited about your future. Yeah. <laughs> no. no pressure. Yeah. No, you're making me feel pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Did you ever see yourself doing comics, or is this something that you kind of fell into cause, because no, of all the animation? I, well, for me, it's I always want know that I wanted to create stories. Mm-hmm. And, well, because the reason I say that is because it's a way of telling myself that I'm not a pathological liar sometimes when I was a kid. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I liked to lie a lot. And somehow mm. I would make up these crazy stories. Mm. I had a really weird dream one night, and it was about alien giraffes coming down to our planet and taking all of our trees. And thus they said, <laughs> you humans shall serve Amazing. as wow. our servants of our god. And their god was a piece of cheese. <laughs> What did you eat before you went to bed? I'm assuming I eat, cheese. I eat normal stuff. Sometimes <laughs> it just happens, you know? I really hope that makes an appearance in Magical How at some point, that, like, the big <laughs> villain is alien giraffes, so... Yeah, and actually a giraffe would be a pretty good villain in Magical How. It's like, it? look at the cute giraffe. Oh, it's God! Like, ah, it's gonna eat us. Descending. Yeah. Sadly, it won't be. Because <laughs> I already have all the villains planned out. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes, I've already developed the ending i've developed the middle i've already well the beginning is already pretty much said and done so so i already have almost everything done now it's just the stuff in between yeah yeah yeah, you got your key elements yeah so i mean i can at least uh say that there'll be different villains Mm -hmm. for magical how each more ruthless than the other (laughs) (laughs) and it's all connected that's the best part (laughs) good well, it's good to, th- to know that you're kind of thinking about big picture this, again, mm-hmm. this early in the system, mm-hmm. you thinking big picture. Because a lot of people, their first-ish webcomic, they're really not uh, planning that far ahead. Like you said, I, I think it sounded like you kind of, maybe not the first page that went out you were yeah. thinking this far, but you, you kind of thinking far enough 
early enough that it can be, mm-hmm. you can have these really great giant arcs and how everything's connected. Because especially that we, we picked you up, I feel like you had just started chapter two, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Like, so the beginning was mostly just, hey, I'm a magical girl, I guess. Woo! Mm-hmm. And that, I think, like, the when we put you on, on our site, it was like, you had 30 pages, I think. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, I think uh, when I reached, when I was reaching chapter two, I actually had started developing the story. So that was actually the best time <laughs> that you guys picked <laughs> nice. me up. Because I was already developing the ending and everything by then. Mm. Awesome. Perfect, then. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, good. It is. Do you have any closing words for uh, for your fans, for the listeners out there about, you know, Magical How or... Eat cheese. Eat cheese. <laughs> yes, eat cheese. Well, otherwise it's gonna, like, take over, right? Like, right. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the That's here. how you get rid of evil cheese god, is to just eat it. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, I hope all of you will enjoy reading the future chapters, because... Mm. I'm working really hard on them. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we will for sure. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. I'm glad. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, and Thanks, thank Eureka, you. for talking to us. Yeah, seriously. This is this is really great. We're going to have to have you on again. Yeah, I feel like you and Jen Doyle would have a lot to talk about. Uh, Especially when it comes to like, we already did a how to torture your character yeah, podcast. Yeah, we'll need to maybe do like a follow up or yeah, something. I feel like this is a hot topic among yeah. sparkler creators. <laughs> yeah, but thanks, yeah, very much for joining us, and um, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next month, and uh, hopefully, we'll have Eureka on another podcast in the future as well. So everybody can say bye. 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 bye.